Welcome, Mistorians. Host Austin Heave-She and host Brenda She-Her have been waiting for you. Come along for Secret Histories of Nerd Mysteries. Welcome to episode 52 of Secret Histories of Nerd Mysteries. This is the third part of our Console Wars uh, one-year anniversary special. And let me tell you, (laughs) you're in for a doozy of an episode. So I will say our new segment is going to be, this is an 18-plus podcast to begin with, but... There's some nerd news that we got to talk about that might like bump up, but just we'll just be ready for like it's a little more, a little more mentions of pussy than you're used to. <laughs> so Batman won't eat pussy, I guess. <laughs> this is all anyone's been talking about, and Austin, you said that it's finally reached Facebook. Yeah, it just See? reached Facebook. <laughs> it was like. It was like slowing down on Twitter, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I still see like I'm, I'm seeing some tweets that are from like a few days ago that twitter's like in case you missed it and i'm like that one is funny um (laughs) but now it's like on now it's like all the tweets have made it to facebook so i'm getting tweets from like facebook friends and facebook family like so wait batman won't go down a catwoman i will which is what every which is what the entire internet said on twitter i was like yes exactly uh (laughs) we found out on twitter and everybody was like i'll do it i selena are you are you okay? Do you, I'll do it. <laughs> Which, like, okay, so you, this came from a an article from the Harley Quinn showrunners, from the Harley Quinn yes, cartoon. They were and, talking yeah. about their new season, and I think they got asked, like, what's something, like, have the, has DC been supportive or said no to anything? And they're like, they, and also the fact that they're like, they said no to this specifically and then told us what it was is like, they're like, we're not letting this go. <laughs> Because they could have just said, like, oh, I mean, you know, like any, you know, like any animation, there's back and forth when you're working with these big characters and we're just happy to be on the project. But they were like, yeah, they've been pretty good. Except they won't let Batman eat pussy. <laughs> DC supposedly specifically said heroes don't do that. Yeah. Which is maybe the <laughs> which wildest is part. Wild. They literally could have just said, like, oh, well, we really would prefer if you didn't, like, depict that. Like, that's literally only have to, like, yeah. you know, it's still, it's like, whatever. It's the Harley Quinn cartoon. There's a lot of other very wild things that happen in that. But this is, <laughs> they Yeah, they could they could have just been like, well, we don't, that's, like, borderline pornographic, which mm-hmm. the only reason that gets into issues for me is the, H- the air on HBO Max. HBO Max is on an app that can be on Apple products and Apple is pretty staunch. Like if it's porn, we will ban your app. Yeah. But it's like, you know, the comics have like depicted this act yes. before. <laughs> like all you have to do is like, oh, they're talking to each other. Uh Oh, where'd the other person go? Uh Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, that's all you that's gotta it. do. <laughs> it's pretty simple. I, yeah. I highly doubt it was nearly as graphic as 
what my head made or anyone else's. I I'm like, you're not gonna like do you at most the most I could see is like they walk in and Catwoman's in a bed and there's like a lump. And they're like, Where's Batman? And Batman like crawls out from underneath the covers. Yeah. <laughs> like Yeah, and it's like uh someone shared a page from uh Kevin Smith's Green Arrow run, um, where Green Arrow will <laughs> get more. <laughs> My favorite thing was people making lists of DC characters who will and won't, and it was yes, very good. <laughs> a lot of people were wrong about Clark because they were just like, "Oh, Clark doesn't." And I'm like, "Do you <laughs> what? <laughs> Excuse me, have you met Lois?" <laughs> oh God, <laughs> don't I, I can't get started about my Superman BDSM headcanons. You could here on the here on this podcast. Not that my this boss episode. does know exists. Maybe so. not this episode. We'll give no. your boss some time to settle in. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was the wildest <laughs> news this week. Like, because you—that's the news you don't expect. You're just like, um, DC said what? It's the like, doubling down of like, heroes don't do that for me. It's like different. Don't do that. It's different that they're just like no or whatever, which is like weird enough because in Harley Quinn season two they show harley and ivy fuck like three times Mm -hmm. and and like have them talk about like how good it was and what they did so it's wild to me that they were like no and here's exactly why and we will tell you so you can quote us later (laughs) so you can quote us later and everyone can make fun of us on the internet forever (laughs) i don't every i don't but dc for the next like three months every time they announce something with batman is gonna just get dunked (laughs) other stuff happened this week though (laughs) you would think more stuff would have happened because e3 happened Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. it was kind of just like "Eh!" like there wasn't anything where i was just like wow i didn't see that coming like announcements were like breath of the wild 2 is occurring Mm -hmm. here's a game and watch (laughs) like yeah it was like we got a game and watch uh a square Enix had the most boring presentation I've seen. It was mostly John the Guardians Fox. of the Galaxy game. <laughs> yeah. Which, Which okay. It's it I mean the Guardians of the Galaxy game looks fine. I it wish I didn't fun. have to be Peter. Yeah, why I wanna be Rocket so I can just pretend I'm playing Sly Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> it is funny to me. That everyone looks kind of like their movie kind of port, except Peter Quill. They're like, but no Chris Pratt. <laughs> Gamora also has like the, like in the comics, she has like the, uh, well, I don't know what you call them, like the markings over her eyes mm-hmm. that she doesn't have in the movies. That's true. One second. I'm getting a scam call from Minnesota. <laughs> All right. Well, that's taken care of. Um, Other stuff from E3. I mean... As someone who was, like, deep in the E3 stuff, Xbox kind of brought it. Because so mm. Xbox, for people who don't know, uh, has this thing called Game Pass, which is, like, their Netflix of games. Like, you get Game Pass, and there's all these games on it, and you can download them and play them as long as they're on Game Pass. Mm-hmm. Game Pass has been struggling to get, like, a foothold, really, for people to, like, stick with it. Like, I have Game Pass right now because I could translate my Xbox subscription to Game Pass for one year. So that's what I did. Okay. To test it out. And it, I've like yeah. I've played enough games where it's worth it because it is 20 bucks cheaper than Xbox Live Gold. Mhm. 
And even if you only download three games, that's three $60 games that you didn't buy, which is 180 which is way more than what Game Pass yeah. cost. If you play games, like, very quickly, which it, it wouldn't be, like, a good deal for me because I play games at the speed of molasses, mm-hmm. unless it's Pokemon, in which I inhale it over the course of a week. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You're one of those people. Yeah, I just, like, play it nonstop, and then I get to the end game, and then I never touch it again. <laughs> like... <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, I, a lot of people were saying, like, pretty favorably, like, there's, like, some hard-hitting games as a part of it now, so it's, yeah. like, and they, a lot like of, a cool deal. A lot of their presentation was, like, first day on Game Pass. Like, it's to the point where I'm, like, if you're a big publisher and your game isn't on Game Pass, I'm just not gonna be playing it because I don't yeah. need to give you my money, I have Game Pass, and if you're an indie publisher, then it, it, it frees up more money in my budget, to buy, like, games from smaller publishers that before I was like, I want these four indie games, but I also want this $60 game, so I kind of have to choose one. Now uh, you don't. And one of the big ones is Psychonauts 2. Nice! Which is finally coming out! It's finally coming out, August 25th of this year, uh, 2021. If you're past 2021 and listening, it's already out. <laughs> Go play it. it. Supposedly, it's already yeah, true, out. True, I guess. Is it, is it out? Tell us. Email did us from actually, the future. <laughs> did it actually? Did Psychonauts two actually come out in August? Please let us know. Let us know because we will be. I I will be busy in August, so I will not most certainly not be paying attention. <laughs> yeah, what else got announced at E three? Uh... A new Final Fantasy that has pretty interesting costume <laughs> design, and that it looks like they all shopped at Target. Final Fantasy Jim. <laughs> John Final Fantasy. Our <laughs> partner, my name's John Fantasy. Oh, John Fantasy. And this is my final game. <laughs> you might be saying it's the first game that I've been in, and you'd be really right, I'd say. <laughs> um, there's a new Metroid game. There's a new 2D Metroid game for the first time in 19 years. Yeah, Metroid people are losing their mind because yes. not only was Nintendo like, hey, Metroid 4 is happening, please calm down. And then they're also like, but in the meantime, this game that you thought has been, sorry, there's a loud noise. This game that you thought has been canceled for 500 years is actually coming out in a couple months. And everyone's yeah. just like, what? And I think that's like the biggest boon was this year, a lot of people had stuff coming this year because last year was the height of the pandemic. And a mm-hmm. lot of productions were just, like, shut down or, like, extremely delayed. Yeah. So I feel like this year everyone had stuff that's, like, and it's coming out next month. And it's coming out in two weeks. Like, because, like, everyone's, like, has, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Adjusted, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, um, like, even Nintendo, they had a thing before their E3 presentation about COVID and how a lot of the stuff they filmed was, like, filmed a while ago and filmed with COVID safety. So, like... The two presenters, the, like, it was, like, the head of Nintendo, like, proper in Japan, and then, like, the, I think it was, like, the community manager or someone? I didn't catch, I did not catch his name. Yeah. Um, like, they were clearly, like, not filming together. Like, they were green-screened into a Nintendo background at different times. Yeah. Like, stitched together. So, yeah. kind of like they were together, but they definitely weren't. <laughs> so, it is, uh, it is interesting because like some people were i saw some people complaining about breath of the wild 2 still being a year away like 2022 
and not having like even a month. And like the yeah. fact they even had a trailer to show us when they probably didn't work on this game at all last year. I'm like, as bad as it sounds, the people working on Zelda are like very high up important people to Nintendo, so they weren't gonna risk their health and safety. They were probably like Yeah. I mean, even Sakurai, who works on Smash, was like this is the first time I've had more than two days off in a row since I worked at Nintendo because he makes one of their most popular games. Yeah, it's like, please let Sakurai rest. Please let Sakurai go to bed. <laughs> let him rest. The thing I'm is- worried about him. He's so, he's so little. He's so like, little. Just a little guy. I couldn't believe there was this interview and he was like, ah, I think this is the first time I've had more than two days off. And it wasn't like a company holiday. And I was like, you've been at this company for like 30 years are you okay sakurai are you okay blink (laughs) blink (laughs) listen 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 sakurai you don't need to rush these fighters they're gonna complain no matter who you put in the game just fuck Mm -hmm. them just fuck them yep the next fighter is a blade of grass (laughs) fuck you i'm going to bed (laughs) the next fighter is from tekken yeah he's like tekken (laughs) okay he's um (laughs) All right, Tekken, yeah. We're running out of characters, aren't we? Yes. <laughs> you know Nintendo's hit IP, Tekken. Tekken. Oh. We're never going to see Crash Bandicoot Absolutely in not. Smash. And we'll get to why today. <laughs> or Sora, or Goku, or yeah. uh, who's the other one everyone wants? Waluigi. You know, Waluigi <laughs> could be in Smash <laughs> if they would just stop being... Up? Fucking cowards! They said they, Sakurai has said they will. They are not putting Waluigi in Smash. And I think at this point, it's, no. it's because of the internet. No, put him in Smash. Like every his- time it comes up, people are like, "I wonder if it'll be Waluigi." I'm like, "Are you joking?" They're like, no. Like, what if it is this time for real? It's like he said like more than once that they are not putting Waluigi in, so people stop getting their hopes up. It's what the people want. Like, they haven't added a new Mario character in a while. You know, like, um... When has Nintendo ever given the people? I... They, never. Not once. And it works out every time. They're like, you're every gonna... Every time. You're gonna... They're like, you're going to buy it. Exactly. God. I just want, um, Waluigi's, like, Final Smash to be just, like, bashing someone with, a like, a <laughs> golf club. <laughs> Because he's like, oh, he's the darling of sports games. So like all of his attacks would be like from derived from his sports appearances. So he would like bean someone in the face with like a volleyball or like kick a soccer ball Is into the Mario sun. Volleyball? There's Mario volleyball. Oh, I didn't know that. Wait, 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 wait. wait. <laughs> I was like, I think Mario and Sonic at the Olympics has a volleyball game, but I don't know if there's Mario volleyball. I'm looking this up. I'm, I'm pretty sure Mario played volleyball. Yeah, Super Strikers. Uh, That's volleyball. Fair enough. It's volleyball. Wow. Looking at everyone in their sports outfits. Cute. Anyway, um, <laughs> I think that was all of the news. That's it. It's um, time to go to war. It's time to go to war. I Okay, so we both watched the... Um, console wars documentary on paramount plus and it's actually super good (laughs) i didn't think it would be but i thought it would be like so you get there's two ways video game documentaries go they're either very Mm -hmm. dry and dull and boring or it's full of a lot of dudes who gatekeep Mm -hmm. nerd them yeah um this had neither yeah this one felt which is why it's it's seth rogan did this documentary it's true um but anyway, um, this felt very similar to um, 
Nacelle's The Toys That Made Us series. Right. Austin, have you have you watched that yet? I have watched I have watched some of it. Nacelle, please don't pull me from the podcast. <laughs> I've seen all of it. Um, it felt very similar to that down to like the pixel art mm-hmm. and, um, but I liked it better than Netflix's, um, Netflix did a video game docu-series. Yeah. Um, was that like level up? It was One level up? up. It was le- Yeah. I think it was level up. Cause that is where I watched some of the stuff for Mortal Kombat. Cause they talked to some of the creators mm-hmm. in that. And that one I didn't care for quite as much just because it, um, the pacing was really weird. It would tell a story, then it would be like whoop, into like another story, mm. and then they would have like, and they did highlight like margin some marginalized voices, which was really mm. cool. But mm. like it was just so all over the place, it was really hard to keep up with their stories. Yeah, um, this this was interesting because it kind of went through like because it went through like up to a certain point, and then it rewound back to when Nintendo got to America, and then it went up back up to where we were, and then it was like, yeah, so. Uh, where do you where do you want to start, Brenda? I think I should in start. The okay. Yeah. So we left off, uh, or I left off in my Sega episode when the Genesis was coming out. But we actually have to go back a little bit further to set up who Tom Kalinske is because uh, he's going to be like motherfucking yeah. Kalinske, everybody. Timothy Kalinske. This guy like, is he. <laughs> I think for appearances on the show, it's Chuck E. Cheese and then Tom Kalinske. Yeah. Pretty much. He just kind of keeps appearing and we're like, oh, Tom's here again. Um, definitely talked about him, I think, in the Night Trap episode. Yep, Night Trap. Mm-hmm. Uh, the E3 episode, because Tom was the one that told CES to fuck off. Tom was the one who was like, they got re- water on the Genesis. Yeah, they got water on the Genesis. And then they and then Sega <laughs> never went back. Yeah. Um, so he just kind of keeps coming up. But if you haven't like listened to those previous episodes, because I know... We're not going to be like, well, you got to go listen to this thing all like an hour and then come back. No, yeah. um, Tom Kalinske, uh, he he's really famous for like being the person who revitalized a lot of like toy properties at mm-hmm. Mattel, um, mm-hmm. specifically the Barbie line in the 80s. Yep. So like at this time, Barbie was kind of like really struggling mm-hmm. um, to like find her footing in kind of like a modern, modern world. Mm-hmm. And his whole thing was like, oh, well. You know, Barbie can have any, like, job she wants and make her very, like, career-minded and, like, very, like, a positive role model. Mm -hmm. And so, like, those changes that have, like, stuck with Barbie to this day were ones that he implemented. Mm -hmm. Um, He also, like, Hot Wheels, uh, a story that uh, Console Wars did not cover was about, like, um, why he left Mattel. (laughs) Oh. Was it Mattel? One second. Who made Micro Machines? Gotta double check. I forgot to... It's Mattel. Mattel, Micro Machines, Hot Wheels, Barbie, it's all Mattel. Cool. So Micro Machines were these little tiny, I think they were metal, little metal toy cars, smaller than a Hot Wheels. These are like really, really tiny, but you could like get a bunch for like a very affordable price and have like just absolutely wild like runs, like tracks for them because they were so tiny. Mm -hmm. Um, And these were very successful and super popular in almost every country, except Spain. Something (laughs) was going on in Spain. (laughs) Um. And so Tom was just like, we need to go talk to the people selling micro machines in Spain and figure out what's going on. So mm. he goes to Spain. He's like trying to talk to like distributors. Everyone's being kind of weirdly shady. He ends up in this factory that is not the micro machines factory. And he kind of like peeks in there and he's just like, oh, they're making fake micro machines. <laughs> and then he's just like, do you see some like thugs kind of coming towards him? He's just like, I got to get out of here. I just got it. 
I got a leaf. And then he, like, runs out and jumps in his taxi and just fucking leaves. Tom Kalinske is a, is, I, no one can convince me he's not a 007 agent. I'm, like, just, like, every time I hear about this guy, I'm, like, how did you do this? Like, how do you just know? Like, he's, we gotta, I I think we gotta do a Tom Kalinske episode one day. Apparently, I could, like, he just kind of keeps coming up, and I'm like, this guy is so wild, and it's like, I would like to know more about, like, what he did after Sega, yeah. but we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, so, he decides he's done working for Mattel. He's, like, on vacation. <laughs> this is so <laughs> wild. He's this on vacation. So, Tom Kalinske's life is a fucking, <laughs> is, a, is a fucking wild ride. It feels fake. It's like, he's just... <laughs> In I Hawaii, wanna, on vacation, with his family. I want to call Tom Kalinske so bad. And be like, Does your, do you feel like you're on the, the Truman Show? <laughs> Hayao Nakayama. Yeah, Hayao Nakayama, who's like head of Sega, like shows up in Hawaii to find Tom and offer him a job. Um, this which man is shows up on a beach in a business suit like, hey, are you Tom Kalinske? Uh... Good, because I'm looking for you. I need you to come to Japan. Like, <laughs> now. <laughs> yeah. And he's just like, no, wait a second. I'm on vacation. My family is here. How did here. you I'm, find me? What's happening? How did, who told you I was here? And then apparently his daughter was just like, you need to go. And yeah, I don't know, came, what is she, like, he, 10? <laughs> he came all the way from Japan. You should go with him. What is this? I, I like, looked into it because I'm like, this sounds like too much every 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 time he tells it it's that it's exactly that it's like this doesn't feel real i don't know what i would do if someone approached like i guess i do if someone approached me in a business suit and was like are you us tonight i would run <laughs> I, can't, <laughs> I can't think of anything good that's about to happen no i would just be like oh god they found me <laughs> <laughs> like what what kind of men in black shit is about to happen <laughs> yeah i would just be like all right just Grab my kids and run. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. One under each arm. <laughs> Tom's daughter is like, go with this strange man we've never seen before. And so, eventually yeah. he does. So he goes to Japan. Um, Hayao Nakayama shows him like a couple things from that Sega's been working on. One of them is the Genesis. The other one is the Game Gear. Mm. Um, so, and then Nakayama's like, all right, well, will you take the job? And Tom's just like, I will take the job, but you have to let me do what I want to do. Yeah. You have to let me make decisions for the American market because I know it better than almost anyone, which is not inflated. Like, if you look at this guy's, like, history, he does. Yeah. He knows exactly what the American market wants. He is absolutely 100% the guy. He... powerhouse yeah he gets hired and nintendo's like oh wait what whoa, whoa, whoa who, they got who <laughs> they got tom oh no mm. well i'm sure it'll be okay we have 90 percent of the market what could possibly yeah. go wrong yeah at this time nintendo is nintendo is the video game market and they know it yeah so austin where is so nintendo has 90 percent of the market what do people think of nintendo at this time like what is the public consciousness both professional and like in the public uh, in the public, Nintendo is the bane of every single adult with children, <laughs> because all their kids want is a Nintendo, and it is impossible to get them. They are, mm-hmm. they are, so you know right now, like, PS5s are, like, impossible to get because of a chip shortage. Nintendo's are impossible yeah. to get because they could not keep up with the desire to own them, especially in the States. 
Yeah. Um, which is wild because, like we mentioned, some pre- maybe both previous episodes, the video game market crashed in 1983. Yes. And it, like, almost completely destroyed the American video game market. Yes. So Nintendo took a major gamble in, like, entering the American market mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. But by the time they did, there was just no competition. It was almost a monopoly. Exactly. There's actually a story of, uh, I was so bad with names, but with, um, with the Nintendo team at the time, which was like, Mm -hmm. it's, it was so interesting hearing both of these teams, like, talk about, like, their setup when video games weren't shit. Like, the Nintendo team was, like, in a factory, it was rat infested, and there were, like, four of them, and they were technically execs, quote unquote, but they also handled, like, unloading and loading trucks, because they weren't, they didn't have anyone else. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and they also shared the story of, like, standing outside the business and watching the first one get sold. Yeah. And, like, can you imagine that feeling of, like, you've been working for this thing that you're not sure is going to be successful and you watch the first one go and then fast forward to now where it's, like, this big, big thing. Yeah. And, like, you got to see that. I do, I want, like, and they give those, they talk about it later on, but, like, Nintendo, for better or worse, as we go through this story, because I, I do have to mention how they professionally, but for better or worse, like... <laughs> For the public guy, Nintendo, like, we would not have video games if uh, President Hiroshi over Nintendo proper in Japan didn't send NESs over, and the team in America didn't, like, work hard to, like, raise, to, like, raise the status of video games again. We we would not, mm-hmm. like, vi- the video game market in America would not exist. We would not have video games how we do today, period. Yeah. Um, I believe it was Howard Phillips. There's two Howards. There's Howard Lincoln the- <laughs> and Howard Phillips, I believe. Yeah. Um, Howard Phillips, for a while, he was, like, an employee at Nintendo, one of the earlier ones who, like, worked in that rat-infested warehouse in New Jersey that they had. Um, But he was also, for a very long long time, like, Nintendo's spokesperson. Yeah. So they would, like, send him out to, like, conventions or stores, and he would have this little stupid bow tie on and this little suit, and he would just pitch games. He was, like, young, charismatic. He was, like, um, how we, how, like, us, like later 20-somethings remember uh, Richie Philomaeus. Yes, that, exactly. That is, like, that is... That's a good way to put it. Part of, he wasn't the president, I don't believe. Uh, no. Because they had a Japanese president for Nintendo of America for a while. But he was, like, the face. He was he was the American face that they put mm-hmm. in, on, like, you said, like, on TV and on showroom floors and, like, the American to, like, get people excited about games. Yeah. Because he was, like... He was young. He was, like, in his 20s. God, I can't even... I was, like, watching this, and I was like, these people aren't that old. No. So be, like, really young when this was happening, and I'm like, God, can you imagine... One, I was stupid in my 20s, and two, <laughs> <laughs> I just can't imagine. Well, because video games weren't anything, right? They're not going to convince yeah. a... a st- like, the fact Sega convinced Tom Kalinske to join them is astounding, because video games were... It was Nintendos, and that was it. Mm-hmm. But Tom Kalinske yeah. was like... I do like to fight. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I've just been fighting forever, so I, because I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> Nintendo was known professionally on the business side as the worst bullies in the world. Yeah. They um, threatened retailers with pulling stock mm-hmm. if they didn't like make their stock the most they had in stores. They threatened to price, to price gouge. They refused to lower prices, which is something mm-hmm. Nintendo still does to this day. They do not... <laughs> yeah. I... The Switch came out, and I still saw full price Wii U's. Yeah, and it's like, oh, the Wii U, wow. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> Pokemon games never go down in price. No. 
the most Never. you see is like Target will give you a gift card and they're like, we're sorry, this is all they'd agree to. This is the best we can do. Um, and last week we talked about like some of the reasons Nintendo did this. Mm-hmm. Um, like in the Console Wars documentary, they there's a very brief clip from the guy from Tengen. And last week we talked about um, how Tengen was a branch of Atari that was creating um, Nintendo uh, NES cartridges that were not licensed or approved by Nintendo. Right. And there's this brief clip from him where he's just like, yeah, they won't let us sell them. Like they, they've locked us out. Like they're trying to sue, like, you know, sue us. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is kind of framed as like them being like Nintendo being very rude right. and like, um, stifling the market. But you also have to remember that Atari destroyed the market just, with just too many yesterday. games. Just, <laughs> yeah, just yesterday. yesterday. This just happened. So these were also initially put in place to protect Nintendo and to protect the video game market as a whole from exploding again. Mm-hmm. Because there was a very great chance that if they didn't try to regulate it, it would just explode. Like Nintendo did get so, sued yes. for monopolizing because they were they were found of doing some illegal bullying. Uh, because, yes, there was illegal bullying occurring. Because uh, Nintendo of America is, they are not, they do not make games. They are no. a, a, a big distribution arm of Nintendo, period. Mm-hmm. Which is a big distinction that is important with Sega of America and Sega of Japan. Yeah. Um, so Nintendo, they ended up getting fined. They had to pay. This is like, this is the point where I was like, oh, maybe Nintendo was not the good guy. They got fined $5 million. Mm-hmm. And the rest, they all had to give out as $5 coupons to anyone who wanted one that only worked for <laughs> Nintendo games. Jeez. <laughs> and the guy even says, he's like, and they, they get a coupon to spend money on more Nintendo games. It's brilliant, really. <laughs> At this point in time, Nintendo's gone from 90 to 95% of the market. God. Yeah, it's like, they started out, like, just as small as anyone else mm-hmm. and, like, put things in place to protect themselves. But by the time Sega's, like, trying to enter the market, Nintendo has grown bloated with power. Yeah, they are fat and happy with power. There's lots of... Sh- the- <laughs> See, like seeing the clips from the '90s of like Nintendo execs with like cigars in their mouth, just like laughing at people. I'm like, oh yeah. man, they were the bad guy. I was like, uh oh, how do we get here? And then it like immediately cuts to like the people at Sega, and there's just like five of them standing in like a sad <laughs> office. <laughs> oh gosh! So Nintendo is effectively as Tom's coming in. They are not worried because. Sure, the Sega Genesis has great graphics, but it has terrible games that nobody likes. So what's it matter? Yeah, which at this point was true. This is a pre-Sonic era. Um, So one of the things that Tom Klinsky insisted from Sega of Japan was that, one, he gets to make the decisions. Two, they were going to bundle in their highest selling game with the Genesis. Mm -hmm. So when you purchased the Genesis, you got a free game. Mm -hmm. Which at this point was the game Altered Beast. Yes. It, awful game. <laughs> Terrible game. It's not a good it's game. Awful. That was the best one at the time. <laughs> and Sega Apparently. Japan was like, this sounds... The 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 scene of them describing how the president of Sega Japan reacted was like he was going to murder Tom Kalinske. He And it's like, this is the man who hired him in the first yes. place. And he is absolutely lividly pissed that this guy would ask him. And it's like, what did you think you were getting into? You said he could do what he wanted. And now you're just absolutely pissed at him. Yeah. Um, but in the end, Nakayama lets him do it. Yeah, he's like, uh, I hired you to do what you want. This sounds stupid. This is not going to work. Slams the door. Um, 
so they they bundle it in and this is like kind of around the time when like development for sonic the hedgehog begins coming Mm -hmm. in so if you uh listen to our episode on the first sonic game um you can find more about the creation of sonic but it was like a contest at sega of japan Mm -hmm. um and then austin you reported on this story uh, so you might have remember the facts a little bit better than i do right yeah they it was the contest that they of japan they because they wanted to they wanted like a mickey mouse they wanted to compete with mario they're like we need a mascot and so mm-hmm. they come out with these three ideas and i forget the three one sonic sonic has a human wife named madonna madonna <laughs> and a rock band but they send them over to sega of america because again this is specifically to fight nintendo in america yeah like, in Japan, there's a little bit more competition. So, like, what... Oops, I dropped something. Anyway, um, so what we know is the TurboGrafx-16, which I believe is called the PC Engine in Japan. Yes. That was out on the market and was, like, kind of, like, you know, it was more even over there. There was, like, a couple other systems out at the same yeah. time. But in America, 95% of the market is uh, ridiculous. <laughs> it's just everyone... I think... The 5% is just, like, people who couldn't get a Nintendo. Their parent was, like, got them something else, and they probably put a hole in the wall. Like, the video... Oh, my God. People shared videos, and I've found more online. Like, if you ever just want to feel, like, rattled, watch videos of kids opening Nintendo systems, like, during that height in the 90s. Because it is... Like, I don't think I've ever reacted like that over a thing. Ever. No, I don't think I have either. I don't know if that's like, is that a poor kid thing? Like, we just didn't expect stuff. So, like, it, like we were, it was, like, cool, but we didn't, like, because we understood, like, I'm like, is it because I know how hard my parent worked that I didn't, like, freak out over the thing, but I, like, hugged them instead of the thing? Because all these kids are like, I will die for my Nintendo. Yeah, like, I, I like, got my Game Boy, and I was just, <laughs> I accidentally got two Game Boys that year, but that's another story. <laughs> I only got to keep one, but, like, I just remember being, like, thank you so much, and then, like, hugged, hugged my parents. Yes, it's got to, I don't know. That's what I, um, like, that's what I always did if I got one. I was, like, or be, like, I would know we're getting it, because it's such an ordeal that it's, like. Yeah. Right, like, you, not having parents who can just, like, take off work when they want or whatever, you know? Like, it's such an ordeal of, like, you have to watch your siblings, we're going to go stand in line for, like, the 64 or whatever. It's, like, oh, okay. So, anyway. Yeah. Um, they, Sonic. They okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh they send the stuff over to Sega of America. The thing I didn't know before this documentary and then doing my research that mm-hmm. there was like they had <laughs> Sega had like one real nerd. <laughs> <laughs> I forget his yeah. name, but there's one guy who's like he plays games, he thinks like a kid, like he's like he was us. And it's mm-hmm. I think his job was just being that, which is that still a job? Can I have that job? Yeah, I need that job. It's just, it's like, that's like the equivalent of like having a sugar daddy, but it's your employer. <laughs> <laughs> you just get paid to be you, but instead of um, you, sexual you, favors it's ju- and money, like it's just games and video games. Yeah, video games and money. <laughs> you have to you you have to show up in business attire. That's like the downside. That is a downside, but I also look pretty hot in business attire, if I do say so myself. So, so. Brenda, I don't know what you're doing later, but if you wanna <laughs> <laughs> I will not let a week go by, everybody, where I don't remind Brenda that she's fucking hot and I'll do anything for her. <laughs> I love you, Austin. I love you too. 
this guy likes Art. like Sonic, but he's like he can't have a human wife or a rock band. Also, what the fuck is a hedgehog? Sega Which, okay, <laughs> the amount of times people are just like, "What the hell is a hedgehog?" <laughs> is astounding. <laughs> I guess they didn't have Google phones and like right, they didn't have a phone that could take out and look it up. So they're just like, "What the f-? like?" The office may not have even had internet. Like, yeah, they're they're, they're like, in I've like a shitty seen... office where Tom Kalinske yeah. has emotional breakdowns every night. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, nobody knows what a hedgehog is, and everyone says Mario. Yeah, oh, God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Every time they said Mario, I was like, guys, you're doing this on purpose. Like, this feels intentional. It, it's like, you know better now. Like, I guess, like, maybe Mario wasn't a commonly known... I mean, essentially, the character Mario has made Mario a commonly known name. Yes. But Nintendo now says Mario. So all of you guys... All of you. Who still say... All of you who still say Mario... You're doing this on purpose. <laughs> like the Nintendo. You know better. Uh, yeah. So they get Sonic, and they're like, "We've got something here." Essentially, mm-hmm. um, they cut all of the weird preferred feel stuff, like Rock Band and Girlfriend, and it's all about we have to show the system can go fast. Sega of Japan is pissed again. Yes, but exactly again. This is this is all for Sega of America to fight Mario. So they're like, "Fine, I guess." This is this, I guess this becomes a running theme between the two. And it's it's wild because like it's always like, okay, fine, I guess, up until the point where it's no. Yeah. And then everything literally immediately goes to shit. Yeah. <laughs> and the 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 person who ends up winning here is hubris, but we'll get to that. <laughs> we'll get to that later. Um really quick, I uh wanted to see what if what competitors Nintendo might have had in America mm-hmm. before Genesis really kind of came in. Mm-hmm. So um the Master System had a couple, like a little bit of those sales, All but right. essentially did super poorly in America. The other one was the Atari 7800. True. <laughs> um, I guess. I hate this thing. There's one right over here and I hate it. I just <laughs> imagine so, like, you're just looking at you, you piece of fucking shit. <laughs> it's so awful. It has the worst controller I think I've ever touched. And I've used a lot of um, off-brand Mad Cats and Pelican Bay controllers oh, man. Pelican, in my Pelican time. Bay. Ugh, they're so bad. It's got the um, super turbo that'll break in one day. <laughs> yeah, it'll break. Um, when did the turbo graphics come out in America? I think that was mid-90. Nope. Nope. That was early. So they also the turbo graphics 16 was out on the market. Okay. So those, those are the only competition. Um, the, Quick aside about the turbo graphics, it was pretty cool because it used like card mm-hmm. cards instead of cartridges. Oh. Um, they were they're so tiny if you look up a picture of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and the graphics on this thing were pretty good. This was like an early 16-bit console. It's a pretty cool console. Nice. Um, I think it it had success in Japan. It was actually manufactured until 1999, um, but it s- just failed here. Nice. <laughs> so Sega's yeah. got Sonic. Nintendo drops the SNES, which is where I left off, and. Mm-hmm. Sega again because Nintendo boasts that the SNES will be their 16-bit system. Yeah, it's they were like, it's <laughs> it is, but it is not. Yes. Um, um, in the documentary, someone referred to the the SNES as looking like it was 12 bits. Yes. And if you look at like the footage of the Genesis and like footage of the SNES like next to each other, it does look like that. Like mm-hmm. something about the way the programming for the Genesis is just looks you can get more crisp mm-hmm. 
designs. Um, also, supposedly, the SNES had more colors. I also think that is Ooh, boy. <laughs> wrong. That was... <laughs> and here we are at the Consumer Electronics Show 1991. Water's just gotten... Sonic is here. Sonic is here. Water, water has just gotten over all the new Genesis and Tom Clancy is somewhere, I assume, choking someone out. <laughs> and a reporter walks in to the Sega booth and asks this, we got, I gotta look up that guy's name. Ask the nerd man, what do you, like, essentially, like, grills him about how you're gonna beat the SNES because it's better, it's got more colors, it's super vibrant, it has, like, they, the quote, it was, like, 400,000 colors, like, it's just better. Essentially, like, Kate walked up to him Slapped him in the face and was like, Nintendo's better than you. What are you going to do about it? And the guy's like, yeah. come with me. He goes, he gets their SNES that they bought, puts it on a monitor, turns on the Genesis, puts them next to each other, and he says, which one has more colors? And the reporter just fucking leaves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think compared like the two, I think the Genesis is definitely the better system and has a better like sound card, too. Mm-hmm. Um, like, God, the sound card on the Genesis <sighs> is just... Sega! So beautiful. I love it. Like, the music that you can make with a Genesis. And that's that's a big thing, because Nintendo's big thing before was, like, they brought, like, music being important to games. Yes. They've done this Uh, already. They've already made us care about music in our games. Koji Kondo is making music for games. Yeah. Um, And then I think, like, Sonic truly perfected it. Oh, God. (laughs) Mario's theme is iconic. There's no contest. I mean, again, Sega's whole thing is like, we are, their whole thing is like, we're cooler, we're edgier, we're faster. And even like thinking of like Mario's theme and then Sonic's theme, like it's, it's down to that mm-hmm. because Tom Kalinske is a mad genius of marketing. Yeah. Um, another thing that Tom Kalinske, speaking of marketing, wanted to do was directly target Nintendo in ads. Oh, yeah. Which is a very American thing, but is very distinctly not a Japanese no. thing. And the very scary so were, thing, because you yeah. can get sued. <laughs> you can get sued, and you so you have to do it in a way so that they cannot have enough substantial evidence in order to sue you. Mm-hmm. So I get that, like, Nintendo, of, or not Nintendo, Sega of Japan's fears were founded and that they did not want to get sued by Nintendo because one of them has a lot more money at the moment. <laughs> yep. Um, and then also just, like, it, you don't slander other companies in, like, Japanese business. Yeah. But Tom is just like, Fuck in them. America, you gotta, you gotta just play dirty. You gotta get down in the mud and you gotta just, like, start punching. The pettiness like. of these people, I've, something I noticed, and something mm-hmm. I've noticed in multiple interviews with Nintendo execs from that time, is to this day, Nintendo, like, they would not admit, like, it, like they like they were in court or something. Like, they still wouldn't admit that, like, Sega, like, had them over the barrels. They still wouldn't admit, like, that they bullied people. They were like, we were aggressive mm-hmm. businessmen. I'm like, you threatened to pull all of the SNES's from Target. What are you talking? That's yeah. not aggressive. <laughs> That's illegal. <laughs> Yeah, like withholding product from distributors. You can't a Nintendo. You you can't as long as like if they're agreeing to all your terms, you can't do that. You you can't yeah. you can't be like, well, if you're gonna do that, then you have to give us more floor space. Like they literally were like, hey, I see, because they also tried to edge out the Genesis. They're like, if they can't put it in stores, it won't matter. They were just like, hey, Walmart, we see that you're enjoying all your floor space in Nintendo. How about twenty more feet of floor space in Nintendo stuff? We'll just give to you. Yeah. Um, and then, like, Nintendo just would not 
Like, they did not want to be selling their product anywhere where there were competitors. Yep. So these other consoles I mentioned that were on the market could not get into stores. No. Um, so the Turbo Graphics 16 and the um, 7800 just, like, could not find a hold. I mean, Atari kind of did it to themselves because one of the 7800 absolutely awful. <laughs> Um, and two, they destroyed the whole video game market. Yeah, they're, t- they're already asked for it. I mean, down to Sega, at the time, Sega was unable to get into Walmart, which was, like, the biggest, dis- like, mm-hmm. uh, retailer at the time for video games. Yep. Because Walmart was afraid of Nintendo. They were like, hey, Tom, you're great. Uh, they will pull all their systems and they make money, so I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Sega was very determined to get into Walmart stores specifically god this is this is so funny like they bought every billboard leading up to walmart's headquarters Mm -hmm. they they bought a store near walmart's headquarters that was just a sega store with lots of demos and they just kept on bothering walmart's headquarters until they gave in yeah until someone from uh someone called them like someone from walmart called and was like fuck time stop it and tom he was like no I will never cease. (laughs) I'm an unstoppable force. Yeah, he was until Walmart caves. Uh, At this point, Sega's running their anti-Nintendo ads. They have their, like, Sega! Like, ad campaign going on. Uh, They're saying Nintendo smells like doo-doo water. They're getting all the kids into Sega. Uh, And all of this is going on. CES has passed. Nintendo's mostly, like... We don't even need to address these children until 1992 at an un-titled event. I could not find out what this event was. Peter Main, who was the Nintendo of America VP, and Tom Kalinske, who's the head of Sega of America, got into Mm -hmm. a verbal fight at this event (gasps) where, like, they, like, they, like, badmouthed each other in front of investors. Then they fought at the event. It led into the street during a blizzard. (laughs) Where it took, like, their employees pulling them away from each other to not have a physical altercation. Oh my god. The, I, when I say these businessmen in, in the 90s were petty, they are like, I will fight you on the... Sh-. I'm like, you two are like two 35-year-old white dudes. Please sit down. <laughs> <laughs> Just calm down. These are video game systems. But they... Listen, they're like, I will, I will fucking cut you. The energy of this... <laughs> it's just absolutely wild. Uh, yeah. But Sega's taking them to town. Yeah, Sega is just going for... Th- so Sega starts to, like, um, take back some of the market mm-hmm. until the point where Sega is selling more than Nintendo yep. now. Like, they've done it. They have defeated uh, David... T- not to get too biblical <laughs> here, but David has defeated <laughs> Goliath. It's happened. And the, well, it's so interesting because there's a Sega of America employee who talks about how american that fight like this whole fight is like he's yeah. this <laughs> th- he's you know he's from japan he's like this is like such he's like this is what it's like to do like american business this is like how it is sega of japan is not interested for, again i don't know what they thought it would be like yeah they're like well we want to be in the american market and tom's like well this is what it's like and let me tell you this is hell <laughs> um yeah, this guy, this guy, um, is it Toy- Toyota? Yes. Yeah, Toyota, he, um, he worked originally for Mitsubishi, mm-hmm. I believe. Um, and he was living in 
Texas, I want to say. He was living in Texas. I didn't take notes because I didn't intend to tell tell the story, but it's also very wild. He was living in Texas. Mitsubishi was like, you have to come back to Japan. And he was just like, hmm. No. I don't want to do that. (laughs) And so he ended up getting a job at Sega of America that was just starting out. And they were in California. So he has been renting the same room at this Comfort Inn (laughs) near Sega's headquarters since 1989. Yeah, he was like, I started living at Comfort Inn, and I still live there. And it comes out later that he lives there (laughs) part-time, so I assume he has, like, a house, but it's far from headquarters, so when he has business, he, like, stays there. But I'm trying to, like, and it's so so interesting, because, like, eventually became, like, an apartment for Sega. Because Tom lives there when he first moves out there, because he didn't think it'd work, so he didn't bring his family. There's someone... Another guy lives there, too. Another guy lives there, too, who ends up betraying them in the end. He stabs everyone in the back. <laughs> Betrayal. <laughs> it was... It, yeah. You could tell it was emotional. They were emotional about it. They were just like, I don't want to talk about this part. <laughs> <laughs> this part was rough. <laughs> but they, they like, lived there, and they, they would, like, have, like, after work, like, like, bullpen sessions, essentially. They'd, like, hang out and, like, eat pizza and, like, think about how they couldn't beat up Nintendo. From this one comfort inn. This comfort inn. I'm guess- is where the- yeah. is all of their major war planning. I'm guessing it's because Sega. I think Sega was located in San Francisco, mm. so can't afford a house there. No, you work for a video game company. Is that why that joke is in the Sonic movie? Oh, there's a joke in the Sonic movie about the main character getting a job as a cop in San Francisco and that him and his girlfriend can't afford a house there because they're really expensive. Because they're really expensive. Huh. It's either Probably. a joke about, like, Sega being located there or the um, the studio, the VFX studio behind the Sonic movie being located there. It, I think it's layers and layers. Yeah. Lot, it's, well, the Sonic movie is just an onion of a film. It's just so many layers. <laughs> Yes. All right. Anyway, back to the war. It's heating up. It's heating up. Nintendo getting scared a little bit. Yeah, they're worried. They're like they made they with Tom around and them selling so well. Nintendo's starting to get worried. Some workers at Nintendo think that Nintendo should like be more like Sega. They're like, I want to do more mm-hmm. adult stuff. I want to be cooler. I, I this is we making kid shit, man. We got to keep up. And Nintendo was like steadfast, like they weren't going to do that. They were like, we're not gonna stoop to their level. So some workers left Nintendo and went to Sega. Yeah, because like they felt stifled at Nintendo, who wasn't getting like hip with it. Yeah, they're like they. <laughs> one worker left, and they're like he became like a bad boy. He started driving sport cars, and I was like, <laughs> and smoking cigarettes. Yeah, I'm like that's so benignly bizarre. He, like, throws his bow tie off and stomps on it and, like, gets, like, changes out his big old bottle glasses for, like, sunglasses and then, like, finds, like, a pack of cigarettes on the street and he's just, like, it's a new me, baby, and just stuffs the whole pack of cigarettes into his mouth. (laughs) It's so, it's so weird, right? Because, like, again, I can't, like, Nintendo's business people were not nice. They were not nice. They are not nice people. <laughs> even the, even still, they're like, and then he was a bad boy, and it's like, come. And I think guys. that's the thing that gets me the most is like sometimes they these you talk to Nintendo execs and they like everything is rose tinted glasses and a lot of admiration for Nintendo of Japan, which is like the the mm-hmm. actual company. Daddy, uh, yeah. And it's, it's just interesting because like Sega of America past employees like own it more. 
because Nintendo Pass mm-hmm. employees are like, oh, uh, yeah, it was okay, and, you know, we're, we were all doing stuff, and they were, you know, like, one told a story of, like, remembering seeing Sega at, like, a CES when they were, like, very small, and they were trying, and, like, he's mm-hmm. like, hey, you know, I was, I was hoping I was, that they could figure something out, and, it, you know, we all got through it, and I'm like, you got, you were going to beat someone up. You were going to, <laughs> you were going to punch that man in the face. <laughs> You were downplaying your role in this chaos. And like, say, it's just like, yeah, we were going to just like absolutely kill him with our fists yeah. and with our <laughs> yeah, shoes. Sega of America like, people were like, yeah, we made this ad that was a dude like pooping on a Nintendo. It was really funny. Yeah. <laughs> Goodness. Uh, yeah. So like their advertising was like, Sega does what Nintendo. Yep. <laughs> Which is iconic, iconic. honestly. Uh, they go to Congress. They go to Congress. We've talked about this in the Night Trap episode, yes. but you don't have to go and listen to that one because we're also going to cover it here. Um, during this time, video games didn't have ratings. No. Oh, we also covered this in the Mortal Kombat we did. episode. We've covered it a lot. Video games used to not have yeah. ratings. Mortal Kombat comes out yeah. along with Night Trap and some other games where the moral panic starts up. Now, this is yes. interesting. There is speculation over who started the moral panic. Because oddly enough, yes. Brenda, as we know now, yeah. parents criticized Nintendo for censoring Mortal Kombat. Which feels wild. <laughs> when parents were polled, and I dug into this, they overall were upset that Nintendo thought that they couldn't handle their kids playing a game like that. Oh my god. And they didn't enjoy that it was unrealistic and didn't show their kids what would actually happen if they beat someone up. <laughs> so... <laughs> Some people can accused that Nintendo sent in footage of the Sega games to Congressman uh fucking Lieb- Joe, Joe Lieberman. Lieberman to like start this panel that Nintendo was like trying to undermine Sega by like turning them into the cops, basically. Nintendo denies yeah, so it, n- but I'm like <laughs> if like it was something like forty-five it was no, it was in the fifty like fifty some percent of parents that had a video game console where like i don't know why they censored it for my kid mm-hmm. i don't know guys <laughs> I don't know. yeah it feels like um like because uh nintendo tried to take the moral high ground by including um green blood in their version of mortal Kombat, and they believe that that would be enough for them to like avoid any scrutiny mm-hmm. turns out nope. No, people didn't like that decision. And their version not only sold significantly less, but, like, apparently parents were, like, um, uh, very upset. <laughs> I, know, I know how to parent my kid. They can, they can see blood. I bought the game. Yeah. Um, and then, as I think I mentioned in the Night Trap episode, Sega had their own arbitrary system of ratings. Mm-hmm. So Nintendo's stance was, like, we don't need ratings because we don't have games that contain violence. And Sega was just, like, we have games that contain violence, We've created our own rating system, mm-hmm. which is described in these hearings as being unclear. But if you look at the rating system, it it's pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. It's like kids. It's like mature. Like it's so close to what we have now. It makes complete sense. You just have to look at it. But they had this system in mm-hmm. place when this happened. Essentially, uh, but Nint- Nintendo and Sega decide to fight in front of Congress. They like Ninten- <laughs> Sega sends the old Nin- an old Nintendo employee who's come to work at Sega to like piss them off. They even say we did it to piss them. This is the thing. Sega's always like, yeah, we wanted to piss them off. Like, they're, they're like, yeah, fuck them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they're in court facing each other 
um, uh, Sega brings in the NES, the big old zapper yep. bazooka from the SNES. There's a part that was not included in Console Wars, which is where that guy with the bazooka like fucks yeah, up says his it presentation wrong. about the bazooka. <laughs> yeah, he says it wrong, and I'm like, I can't believe they did not include that in the documentary because like that's so absolutely wild that he just like fucks it up so bad. Yeah. <laughs> I was waiting for that, and then they showed him do it right. I was like, he looks nervous as fuck because you know he already did it wrong once earlier today. <laughs> yeah, and it's like that footage is out there, and they're not showing it to us. Uh, Howard Lincoln, who is the something at Nintendo, writes like a little poem to Tom Kalinske in a in, like a business <laughs> news article that is basically like, yeah, fucking meet me on the court, bro. Let's fight. Yeah, it's like. Um, so you had a bad day, boo-hoo-hoo. Like, oh my god, you guys, you're grown fucking adults. <laughs> Let's fight. Can you p- please chill out a little bit? CES rolls around again. We don't have E3 yet. Nintendo's presentation at CES 1994 is basically, now we're Sega, and they kill Sonic on stage. They do. They shoot him. <laughs> like I, I don't know. There's also reports of, like, that the... When the Super Scope came out of them, like, pointing it at the Sega stage and saying it's great for hedgehog hunting. Like, they they have, like, alluded to, like, we will kill you over yeah. uh, plastic and microchips, which are more plastic. <laughs> <laughs> this whole presentation, they're, like, wearing, like, quote-unquote safari outfits. And, like, they have, like, cigars. And they're, like, this is the most awkward presentation I've ever they, seen. Oh, God, what's like, the name of the band? It's, like, the... Ooh. Oh god, it's like butthole something. <laughs> I forget. Anyway, Nintendo <laughs> makes a whole ad campaign that is essentially what Sega had been doing. Uh it's like it's like Nintendo Power Play or something. Uh and they get two they're like by well known rock bands. I'm gonna stop you right there, everybody. It is not some nineties <laughs> band you've heard of. Just stop. Stop stop. Stop guessing. And they're. I'm looking this yes, up. Yes, please, because their names are like absolutely ridiculous. And you could hear the yeah. silence in the presentation room as they said it. At this point, like, these are all like business yes, this is, people. <laughs> they are not like. They're not like. You could be <laughs> in business and a fan of these companies, but CES, even more so than E3, is like investors, retailers, your, compa- your compatriots. Like, it is very formal so even the fact they had like a weird funny presentation is odd to me yeah um i can't find the name of the That's band okay. this is disappointing it's like it was like butthole yeah. something or something it was it was a while <laughs> it's no one you've ever heard of it's no one that any of these businessmen have heard of i don't it's just like i don't know where nintendo found them <laughs> play it loud that's the name of the era nintendo's play it loud era ah yes um this is one of my least favorite eras of video game advertising because kind of like when sega started it was like kind of like endearing it was like okay cool and then nintendo starts doing it and there's just something very weird about like um for example like one ad is like war all of wario's teeth fall out and it's like uh, it's weird seeing mario in a context like this because mario's like is mario it's like he's a good he's a good boy he's a good man he has a good paying job and he likes he likes Princess Peach. Exactly. You know, it's just very weird. Like Sonic's always been rooted in this like teen angst. <laughs> the name of the band is the Butthole Surfers. It's the Butthole Surfers. 
<laughs> yeah, that they spent they blew ten million dollars on that campaign. If you were curious, this is like around the, this is a little bit before there were those bad like Ocarina of Time ads that were just like, um, oh god, what was it? Those ads were like. Um, don't be a girl oh, to save yeah, princess yeah, yeah, or something yeah. like that. Yeah, you remember yeah, yeah, those? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember the exact wording, yeah. but it's just like, it's so very violently not Nintendo. Also, not very, se- Sega wouldn't do that either. Just a very weird era for it's advertising. A super strange time, but... We lived through this. We were there, right? <laughs> 94, we're around. We're around. Like, I do have memories, a couple. I was playing my mom's Sega. In we were a Sega. That's the weirdest thing to me, is thinking like, my mom was a Sega person. Like, I grew up as, like, a Sega kid until Sega blew themselves up. Yeah. I was a Nintendo person. My mom had a Nintendo. My mom still, she can just zoom through Mario. Yeah, my mom was, like, a master at the first Sonic the Hedgehog. Like, I I started playing it because she just had it and she had already beaten it. Because mm-hmm. she got it. Yeah. She played it when she was on leave after she had me. Mm-hmm. Silicon Graphics, which we know is the company that um, partnered with the Nintendo to make the Nintendo 64, mm-hmm. um, Nintendo's first 3D console. Mm-hmm. Um, Silicon Graphics and Tom Kalinske with Sega of America were trying to get together to work on a system in order to get 3D graphics before anyone else. Um, so Tom Kalinske was working on this. He goes to Sega of Japan and then Nakayama looks him dead in the eyes and is just like, I'm saying no to this. Yeah. And this is really the first time that Nakayama says no. And, and so this is... Oh, this oh go is ahead. The, this is the beginning of the end. This is when things start to go to shit. Um, can you imagine a world where this deal went through? Yeah. Where, we, uh, we, again, <laughs> we, we're playing our fucking Sega Switch instead. Exactly. You know, like, Mario's on Sega consoles instead of Sega or Sonic being on Nintendo. Exactly. I almost said Mario consoles. Exactly. I mean, we're, Mar- we're instead we're like go- looking at Mario's like weird meme tweets. And we're like, haha, oh, that Mario makes good tweets. <laughs> Shit games, though. <laughs> yeah, games are awful. I love his spirit. And then it's just like, oh, I gotta go buy the this new version of Sonic 120 yeah, or exactly. something. Like- exactly. It's, it's a different world because Tom Kalinske is essentially like, we can get ahead of Nintendo on this. This will be great. We're gonna be ahead of the market. This is the this is the future, and he's in top again. Tom Kalinske is some sort of like savant because he is one hundred percent right. He is absolutely correct. Secret Japan says absolutely yeah. not. Tom Kalinske tries to work with Sony. Secret Japan says absolutely not. <laughs> the wild thing is that like both Nintendo and Sega tried to work with Sony to get a console mm-hmm. made, um, and we know how that Hubris. ends. <laughs> Just hubris for both of them. There's another world where um, PlayStation is like this, the Sega PlayStation yeah, or something like, they like just, that. And Sega's still out they there. They just like partnered and they're like, this is, and Sony's like, this is great. We really didn't want to be like a video game company, but like it makes money. So you guys can just like be in, right? Or does, does Sega just absorb Sony because it gets so fucking big, right? And they're just like, this yeah. is, we are like, we'll keep letting the other parts of Sony do their thing, but we just wanted to own the video game market. Exactly. Uh, wild to think about but, that, like, not only did Nintendo fund the PlayStation, Sega also kind of funded yeah, the PlayStation. They gave them money for the development. Uh, Nintendo works with Silicon Graphics, so they make Donkey Kong Country, which is, like, every it, it, kids are starting to look at, they're like, that's really fucking cool. That's, that's pretty cool. 
Um, and then they announced they'll be working on a 64-bit system. Sega's like, Sega of Japan demands that they get together a 64-bit system. <laughs> Mathematically, they make a 64-bit system. Mathematically, it has two 32-bit chips inside of it that supposedly work together in tandem to get you 64 bits with math. Um, <laughs> a couple years previously, is it a couple years? Around the mm-hmm. same time, Atari's doing the yeah. same exact thing with the fucking uh, Jaguar. Not the Lynx, Jaguar. the Jaguar. <laughs> um, also a terrible system. And <laughs> Hate that the- thing. <laughs> People could not make things for the, uh, oh, fuck, Sa- Saturn. The Saturn. Yeah, people could not make any games for the Saturn because it was so difficult to get those two chips to work together in tandem to get the graphics to look cutting edge in 3D. Um, which, for comparison, the PlayStation, the PS1, was only a 32-bit system anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is the best-selling console of all time, which is fucking wild. wild. I have updated numbers <laughs> on that. Yes. We'll get, we'll get to that. Uh, oh, we'll get to that later. Yes. So, Nintendo's working on the 64. Sony and Sega are going to work together. Sega of Japan said no. Uh, the first day of the first at uh, the first C3, we've made it to E3. Nintendo E3 is here. Announces they have to delay the N64. Valid, fair. Uh, Sega of America forces Tom Clancy to get up and announce <laughs> the Sega Saturn in a panic. Yeah, they're like. Okay, get up on stage. You need to let everyone know how much it's going to cost. We got to get this to the market before the 64 actually comes out because, like, we got this very tiny, tiny window to, like, beat them to the market. So we got to do this right now. You got to go. You're going to say that it's out right now. And it's going to cost $399. Go, go, go. And Tom go. is like, what are you fucking. I should. This is a bad idea. All of this is a terrible idea, but okay. Tom's right. Yeah, Tom. <laughs> Tom is definitely right. He gets up on that stage. He's just like, here's the Saturn. It's going to cost you $399 in fucking, what, 1996? Five. Five, six, It'll cost, in the, five. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's the mid-90s. It's going to cost you the same price as a fucking PS5 in 1995. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's too much money. It's a terrible system. And Sega's had somebody approached by Sony. Yes. He, I didn't write his name down, but, uh... I need <laughs> Another person leaves Sega to go work for Sony and finish the development on the place. Oh, a bird just hit Jesus. the window, I think. <laughs> anyway, um, so the PlayStation is announced at this E3. $100 cheaper than the Saturn. They're, oh, this God. This is, like, the, one of my favorites. The, 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 please, everyone should find footage of this. Because, again, E3 oh, is, so like, good. smaller. This is the first E3. So they're all at the same stage. They're all in the room. Mm-hmm. Sony, uh, Olaf Olison is the president at the time for the American branch. Mm-hmm. Um, he has the, the worker from Sega get up on stage for a small presentation. He gets on stage and says, two ninety nine and leaves as the whole room gives him a standing ovation. Because that's... It's so good. That's affordable. That is what people have been paying for things. Yeah, like that's like the average good price to pay for a brand new game. And he system. looks at he looks uh, at his old coworkers in the eye, and yeah, and it's just like we're better. Yeah, than like you. they're we're like destroy you. They're like, oh man, this guy's cutting this in the back, and I'm like, I don't know, Sega, you guys are pretty ruthless. You you kind of built your whole society around this. It's like you became the the enemy that you were trying to defeat, and um, you've created. 
you've created this flim flam that's currently occurring. You've created your biggest competitor. Steve Race is his Both name. Both of Steve you. Race. Steve Race would Steve later, Race. Uh, at the hotel for E3, they had like sonic balloons. And Steve, oh, Steve yeah. Race, he deflates the balloons and puts them in the pool. He admits to he, doing He's like, this. I did it. Just Tom's like, like, hey, Steve, stop. And Steve's like, you know I can't stop, Tom. And I was like, holy shit, what? All's fair in love and video games. Bro, <laughs> <laughs> we, were, we ate pizza he together. He admits that he did it. He's not like, oh, I didn't do it. He's just like, yep, I I killed Sonic and I will dance on his corpse. Like, this is the energy it's he's wild. bringing to this. 96 hits. 96 is finally the here. The 64 is this here. Is, the 64 has arrived. The um, it does okay. It's fine. 30 million <laughs> units. It's it's That's like Nintendo's like, that's acceptable. The Saturn in the last year has sold less than a million. Yeah. <laughs> and then the, the PlayStation, PlayStation sells 100 million <laughs> fucking units. Just so many units. It's like, and consider this is the end of the quote unquote bit wars. Yes. This is the last time bits matter because it turns out in the end, bits didn't matter. You, want, you didn't need you your know, fucking bits. I don't need your bits. Yeah, both, both the 64 and the Saturn had technically more bits than the PlayStation, but the PlayStation had more optimized technology so it could like make some graphics that are honestly impressive to this day. Like the shading that you can accomplish on a like in a PS1, it's still beautiful. Yeah. Like it stands up like compared to the 64 and especially compared to the Saturn. It's, Tom leaves shortly after uh the Saturn is, mm-hmm. is out. He's Dunyan rings. Uh, shortly after that, Sega stops making consoles. The war has ended, and the winner is Sony and Hubris. <laughs> Everyone loses, <laughs> except for Sony. It's... Yeah, and so Sony's still making consoles. Like we said, the PS5 just came out. Uh, the highest-selling console of all time by units sold is worldwide is the PlayStation 2, if you include the saps from the new PlayStation 2. Okay, that's what I, like, because they said, like, the PlayStation was the highest, and I was like, I'm pretty sure it's the PS2, because the PS2 had a lifespan of roughly, like, is it 28 years? A long time. They've sold 155 million units. And I would say, honestly, that, like, out of every video game system that exists, the PlayStation 2 is my favorite. Wow. There you have it. I will get up and say that. I mean, you've got, like, Kingdom Hearts, Sly Cooper, other things (laughs) that I definitely... (laughs) Owned. Well, for the longest time, I was telling my partner about this. I'm like, think about it. Like, PlayStation really honed in on something that other people weren't doing, and by doing that, they not like they they PlayStation was the only place to play Final Fantasy games for ever, forever mm-hmm. until like four or five years ago. Whenever they first put thir- like whenever 13 came out on the Xbox, that was like a huge deal because you and to this day, there's still like a lot of them you can only play on a Sony somewhere. Yeah. Um, because Nintendo burned that bridge with Square yep. Enix, so they just immediately went to Sony. So, like, Final Fantasy VII was available. Oh, boy. Two and discs that, oh for boy. the PS1. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, how much does that sell for these days? An original, like, Fantasy VII? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if it'd be... That's the thing, right? It's like the, it's like the comic book market. It's either worth a lot of money, or it's probably worth nothing. Yeah, I'm looking this up very quickly. I'm on a little-known website called eBay. <laughs> Might have heard of it. Oh, it was three discs. Okay, so it's all over the map. Um, with the manual, let's look at sold really quick. Okay, 
So the greatest hits version, which is like the later print of it with like the green mm-hmm. spine, and about thirty dollars, twelve. Sometimes you can get it low as twelve. Mm-hmm. Um, imported copies are very cheap; they're like ten mm-hmm. bucks. Um, the original print of it with the black spine goes from like you know around I'd say average fifty bucks, which isn't. It's pretty average. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's a lot for I a think- old. <laughs> that is that is market price for a game that is. I don't even over twenty years old for sure. Yeah, truly. <laughs> uh, of the top five selling video game consoles of all time worldwide, three of them are PlayStation consoles. That's the PS2, wild. PS4, and the original PlayStation are all in the top five. Wow. The PS3 is um, beat out only by the Wii from the. Yeah, the Wii was like a a phenomenon. Like I can't explain what happened with people the lost Wii. their minds over the. And then it was motion controls. Uh, as of 2000, as of January of this year, of like the top 10 selling games, they are by and large Nintendo games. We got Wii Sports, we got yeah. Super Mario Bros, we got Mario Kart, we got Wii Sports Resorts, we have the original Pokemon Red, Blue, Green. That is not remakes, that is nice. the original. 31 million units. <sighs> and these wow. are all units, these aren't digital sales. Wii Sports, yeah. 82.65 million units. That is My God. 82 million physical copies of that game were purchased that's so wild 24 million copies of nintendogs exist in the world and were paid for with money with money from people from their own wallets um i think this kind of says something about the longevity of video games um whereas like you know sega came into the market being like we're going to like appeal to teens and older gamers Mm. And kind of now, the perception of the video game industry, now that we're all grown up and old, is that video game is more so for adults. It feels as though, like, you know, like, the gaming market is a lot of adults. Like, there's still some kids' games, but, like, the people who talk about video games are all adults now. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you look at the data, as we have done, the data says that, like, games for families are still the ones that are the highest selling and like in history and it makes the most um, sense because the idea of like if i like to play a game and my kid likes to play mm-hmm. a game it's mm-hmm. easier on the tension of the house if everyone can play it plays something together even if it's not the game people want to play the most yeah like you know everyone can just play mario kart and you can still have like a fun mm-hmm. experience together but like if you're you know say you're a parent and your kid's like five and you want to play like i don't know like a. Uh... Mortal Kombat is yeah. an example. <laughs> you want to play Mortal Kombat, you got to wait for like a certain time and you have to like kind of like keep it out of their mm-hmm. hands and like it becomes like a whole thing, mm-hmm. you know. And Nintendo games are still fun, mm-hmm. um, you know, even without kids. Mm-hmm. And people tend to rag on Nintendo for having like a younger market um, and for having like less stunning graphics than other systems. Um, but that's truly not what nintendo's focuses on these yeah. days they did that whole rat race where they needed to be the biggest and the best and it didn't work out the yeah the fact They're, this is another fact that like the only reason nintendo made it in my opinion is because mm-hmm. so here's the difference sega of america and sega of japan yeah. fought and hated each other because sega of, of japan said they wanted sega of america to do business like an american business company the mm-hmm. only way that ends is them hating each other because American business and Japanese business are so different. So different. Nintendo of Japan wanted Nintendo of America to distribute their games in America. That's mm-hmm. that's kind of it. They had they had a Jap they had someone from the Japanese office to oversee them, and everything kind of gets filtered like through that to Japan. 
Um, I couldn't find a yeah. lot about them fighting or having disagreements. And a lot of people cite that, like, the fact that Nintendo of America's president for a long time, especially and during this whole era, was a jet was someone from the Japanese office that came over to oversee it was like, yeah, he more or less like could filter things in the way that like the Japanese market needed it talked about. Yeah, because he was living in Seattle. Mm-hmm. So he got to see the American market firsthand and, like you said, could, like, kind of put it, put what was going on in terms that, like, his Japanese coworkers could Mm -hmm. understand. Um, Sega didn't really have that. It had, like, Tom and Nakayama, like, fighting with each other. Um, And you really don't hear about, like, I feel like in America, like, a really big thing is, like, business wars. There's, like, multiple podcasts Mm -hmm. about businesses that just fight Mm -hmm. each other. So it's, like, you've got Mars and Hershey. You've got uber and yep. live we love we love we love people fighting we love a good old business fight you know it there's just so many and like that's like just such a part of making mm. it in america is that you have to fight mm. someone pepsi coke like Pe- yeah. and down to like i mean when you're a kid it becomes like your thing right like you you fight over it you yeah. fight like do you like NSYNC or backstreet boys do you drink pepsi or coke at your house do you Team Jacob or Team yeah, Edward? Yeah, like it's just it's like for whatever. You team, hey, fucking Team Iron Man, Team Captain America. Like who you got, yeah, bro? They're in the same movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's so interesting, like that. That's such a way of like doing stuff here, and I mean, it really it bordered on destroying the video game market again. Yeah. It bordered on Nintendo collapsing in America, and I think the only reason they didn't is because again they had the they had people behind them from the home office where Sega Sega America did not. And they mm-hmm. couldn't Yep. They couldn't find a common ground and talk and see eye to eye. Because if even like let's say they say no to Silicon Graphics, they mm-hmm. work they agree to work with Sony, give them money, and then pull out because Nakamura doesn't want them to. Even if they listen to listen to Tom and like we can't release the Saturn. This is garbage. We should not announce this at E3. We should go back to the drawing board. Even that at least gives them a fighting chance. Like, yeah. maybe they don't have, like, the lion's share of the market, but it doesn't mean they get left behind. Yeah, honestly, like, potentially if Sega had just gone straight from the Genesis to the Dreamcast, they might have made uh, it. The Dreamcast was um, I liked the Dreamcast. The, the Dreamcast is a great system, even today. Yeah. Like, just really good. And maybe we'll talk about that in the mm. future. Um, but by the point that the Saturn came out, um, the Genesis had been around for six yep. years and Tom had done everything that he could to get like peripherals and add-ons made mm-hmm. for it in order to, um, in order to like increase its longevity. So like the 32X, which made the Genesis into a 32-bit system was an mm-hmm. add-on. And then the additional add-on of the Sega CD, which is a whole other <laughs> can of words, <laughs> um, you know, like... He did everything he could to get more time for them to make a good mm-hmm. system. And there's other systems that Sega was working on in between here that never got released, like the Neptune. Right. Um, they had more systems planned. I think they had, like, I think the Neptune was, like, a proprietary, like, 32-bit mm-hmm. system that was supposed to come out in between the Genesis and the Saturn. Mm-hmm. And it's just, bad ideas started to compound on each other. And by the time they drew back and released the dreamcast there was just no they could not get back their chunk of the market especially not with sony there and especially not with microsoft about to enter the market the xbox was the xbox was there i believe because it yeah right 
I think the Xbox. Oh gosh, I don't know much about my Xbox. No, the Xbox is never owned. later because the Xbox influenced how they made the GameCube. Yes, they, I've never owned an Xbox. I'm an Xbox kid. They they got. I didn't have an Xbox when it dropped, um, but they started work on the GameCube because of the Xbox because they were like, whoa, we've usually there's only two game companies around here. <laughs> They're like, uh oh, Microsoft. Oh. Oh, what's that? <laughs> Only the American market. Oh, okay, whatever. Yeah, and like even still, Xbox has not broken into the Japanese no. market. It just exists here. It is pretty. I always felt very alienated by it. Is it is pretty much purely like an American gaming device. It feels like it. <laughs> uh, their marketing sure says that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the. Um, the Dreamcast was released November 27th, 1998, which was only, let's see, Saturn like came out years? in 1994. Four, okay. So it was four years. That's fair. That's a fair mm. amount of time. It's just um, a long time, and I don't wild. I don't know who stepped in after Tom left. Not Tom, so. I want to say, and I could be wrong, and this was from the um, book I read a while ago, that it was someone who had come from Pepsi, mm. and nobody liked him. <laughs> Everyone was just like, this guy, I miss Tom. <laughs> I miss Tom fist fighting guys in a blizzard. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, like, I don't know, it's, it's so much hubris of both companies. Like we said, like, they, they, Nintendo and Sega created their biggest competitor, and for Nintendo to this day, by essentially ignoring Sony, mm-hmm. by kicking them out of the room and being like, I don't care what you do, you just start working with me. And Sony's like, well, I'll make our own system. Bla- Blackjack. Crash, crash, and hookers. <laughs> with Spyro and Crash, and you can't, you can't be part of this. And it's so this. interesting, right? Because Sony clearly was like, "What works to fight Nintendo?" What Sega did, we'll make some cocky animal side animal mascots as our first games. But we'll have two. <laughs> but but our- what's better than one? <laughs> we'll have two, and the boy one will have a girlfriend, and she'll have tits. <laughs> What kind of animal is Crash? That's what Sonic's what missing. What kind of animal is Crash Bandicoot? He's a bandicoot. That's an an- what the fuck is a bandicoot? That's an Austin. That's an animal. No. <laughs> you, look it up. Absolutely not. I, bandicoots are a group of more than 20 species of small to medium-sized terrestrial marsupial omnivores in the order of Paramelemorphia. They are endemic to the Australia New Guinea region. Including the Bismarck Archipelago and marginally in Indonesia. So they were literally like, let's make a Sonic. Because it'll be an animal that nobody fucking knows. Nobody knows what's in Australia. Jesus. <laughs> Dunking on Australia again. <laughs> uh, I had updates from Australia. That was my other news. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's finish up with some Australia updates from Wasa. Uh, this update comes from Wasa. Thanks, Wasa. I love you. Um, so in Australia... Kmart is like their target. Target failed Wild. horrendously. Kmart has like <laughs> Instagrams for like designing your house in Australia. Um, what? People will go to Kmart to just walk around. Like what we do in Target, they do in they do in yeah. Kmart. Like walk around, look at stuff, look at the plants, look at the like decor you can't afford. They do all of that, but in Kmart. Wow, and it has a leg up on Target because Target doesn't have a garden center. Go. We're going to have to go to Australia and see an Australian Kmart. Everybody, we will be starting a fund to send us to Australia to (laughs) record, but in Australia. 
I will not guarantee the episode will be related to Australia in any way, shape, or form, but we will be there when we record the episode, if we remember to bring our stuff. Maybe we'll go to a zoo so Austin can see what a bandicoot looks like. What the fuck is that? Fake. Absolute fake. I looked it up and I don't fucking believe you. It's got, I wish Crash had like, I guess Crash kind of has a long snoot. Yeah. Like a bandicoot. I mean, it sounds like, it's one of those things where it's like, like Sonic is a hedgehog and you're like, is he? (laughs) They're like, um, Knuckles is an echidna. What the fuck's an echidna? Like, Yeah, absolutely shut up. You're not, you're just saying words. Like, Knuckles doesn't look like an echidna. Yeah. Echidnas have these, like, long, little, little nosies, and, like, echidna, like, Knuckles doesn't have that. Yeah. I think, I think, like, Knuckles is just another hedgehog, mm. but he <laughs> wants to be cool, so he's like, actually, I'm an echidna. And, like, Big the Cat's just like, wow, I've never seen an echidna before. And Sonic is, like, looking at Amy, and they're just, like, rolling their eyes, like, this, this guy. <laughs> This is this. He's just a hedgehog. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the. We did it. One year. Council Wars. We One did year. It. God. Wow. That's. It's absolutely impressive that we have done this for over a year at this point yeah. now. We've m- made it to 52 episodes. Yeah, stay tuned for the next 52. I don't know what we'll talk about. I will probably say something. I'll probably make more jokes about Batman. <laughs> That's like the worry, though. It's like, what do we do? At what point we run out of things to Never, talk about? There's always more shit to talk about. We got we could, we gotta valid. do a whole thing on Tom Kalinsky still. I gotta learn this fucking guy's yeah. name that blew up the Sonic balloons. He's probably up to sh- some shit. There's a man out there living <laughs> out of a comfort inn. <laughs> he just lives in this comfort. I want to know more about Since him. Since 1989. I know, I'm fascinated. He has, like, this car that has, like, the license plate says Sega. And it's like, dude, you're, like, Tom, everyone keeps focusing on Tom. But, like, Toyota, I feel like you've got He's some got a sto- stories Listen, to tell. It's so easy to find them. You roll up to the Comfort Inn. Oh, there's a car that says Sega. I know he's here. <laughs> you just stand by his car and you're like, hey, Toyota. I promise you could go hey, inside and be like, hey, is the Sega guy in? I need to talk to him. <laughs> Do you think he has, like, an assistant there at this point who, like, screams <laughs> a, sec- a secretary who has a desk outside of the door of his comfort in room <laughs> i need to see mr toyota and the, the reception's like ah oh, fuck okay let me go get a secretary <laughs> she's in the lobby <laughs> <laughs> she's in the lobby he pays her ten dollars an hour to field <laughs> There's a whole, there's a whole other half of Nintendo where like we only made it up to '96. I didn't even we didn't make it even up to when Iwata becomes president in 2002. The first yeah. person not in the family. That's wild. I part of me thought I would fight. I I looked a little bit ahead. Everybody, so I was like, was Iwata secretly like part of this family? He's not. He was just some business person. Not just some business person. He worked at like- Nintendo, but like he. Nintendo officially stopped being a family business at that point, which is wild that it, from when it started in the late 1800s until 2002, every president had been someone from the same family, like a son or grandson. God. Wild. Or adopted yes, son. Yes, or force adopted son. <laughs> Forcefully adopted son. You're going to be my new adult son and run my business. Are married to my sister? It's Okay. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> Japanese adoption law says it's chill. 
Here, I printed out a whole big thing about it. Read the literature. Oh God! All right, you're gonna run. You're gonna run Nintendo tomorrow. Bye, son. <laughs> well, thank you so much for. Oh, no, go ahead. It. Yeah, I was gonna say what you're saying. Thanks, everybody. Yeah, thanks so much for listening for a whole year. Um, check if you. This is like one of the first episodes you listened to. Check out some of our other video game episodes. We did one on Night Trap. We did one on Mortal Kombat. Sonic um, twice, and then like all of the Sonic. We did Sonic movie and Sonic the first yes. game. So. There's maybe more Sonic ahead. There's always there's so much fucking Sonic. He's been around for so long. We've done Pokemon Snap. We've done. Oh, what else have we done? Animal Animal Crossing. Crossing. We need more video games, I think. I know. I was like, there was like a period where we got really hung up on doing cartoons, and we just couldn't stop because, like, once you start researching a topic, you're like, oh, I could do this thing based on this thing. Easy because you can Um, watch them. Like when I do a video, like when I had Mortal Kombat, I played a bunch of Mortal Kombat games for a week. That's all I did was like. mm -hmm. Play different Mortal Kombat games for two hours from, like, six until midnight. Was like, oh, not time to play this game for two hours as I research. So that's, like, what I did to, like, immerse yeah. myself when I wasn't researching. So, but cart- you just put on the cartoon. Yeah, and that's considered yeah. research. C- count it. Well, no- now, next week is Ghost to the oh, Movies. is it already? Oh, my uh, God. I know. I, like, looked it up and I was just like, uh, yeah. So we're going straight from our console war special to next next. Next week, next month, goes next to the week. movies. Um, so next week. So hopefully we <laughs> we'll see we'll watch, we will in. for sure watch movies and talk about. We were testing last night. Like <laughs> we're gonna what movie we're we gonna do? And I was like, movie? Oh fuck! It's the end of the month, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I'm like, where'd June go? Oh no, summer is slipping oh, through my fingers. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna go to the movie and we're so, gonna send Brynn on a vacation. All right, goodbye, everybody. Thank you everyone for listening to this episode of Secret Histories of Nerd Mysteries. Our music was provided by Esperanza Garay Negron, and you can find their music on Bandcamp at knifenun.bandcamp.com. Our introduction was voiced by Cafe 3G. You can find him under that handle on Twitter and Instagram. This podcast is a part of the Nacellecast Podcast Network. You can find us at Nerd Mysteries on Twitter. The show is edited and produced every week by the amazing host Brenda. And as a reminder, please, please, please... For listening to the podcast, throw us a five-star review. Helps the show out a lot. Tell a friend about the show. And until next time, historians, see ya.